Here we go. I hope you're having a great Yom Kippur, or a great evening, and thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, we're going to continue as we move through so all these uh, moving parts, and there are a lot. I mean, it's just been a, a tremendous week for news, as everybody knows, both here and around the world. We're going to stick to home a little bit here, stick to Ontario. We have the science table, and they're dissolving. They're detailing a plan to improve, though, primary care. So what does that mean? I mean, I don't know about you, but when I heard that there was going to be a dissolution of the science table, it just took me back in time. It wasn't so long ago. We were hanging on every word from health ministers and science tables, and now they're going away. There are a lot of ramifications of this and some messaging in this final plan. Amir Adaran is joining us, a professor of law and medicine at the University of Toronto of Ottawa and a trained immunologist. Amir, how are you? I'm well, Arlene. How are you? I, I am good. I, I want to talk, first of all, the fact that the Ontario Science Table is dissolving whatever word we want to use. It is not just a sign of the times. It's also, for many, concerning because they may be going away. But COVID has not gone away, even though we want it to, Amir. That's for sure. It hasn't gone away. I mean, look, we here we are in 2022. We're all bloody tired of it. But it's actually killed more people this year than it did in 2020 the year that it hit us. And in 2020, COVID was the number three cause of death in Canada. The third leading cause of death. This year, it's killing more people. Could it be the third leading cause again? Yes. Could it move up to second place? Yes. We're losing about 10 people a day in Ontario in hospital to COVID, and goodness knows how many not in hospital that aren't properly diagnosed. We're losing a lot of people still. When you heard the science table was being dissolved, what did you think? I had mixed emotions about it, Arlene. I mean, on the the one hand, the science table filled a valuable role in that it was a source of information on COVID that wasn't you know, orchestrated by a comms professional in the premier's office. They spoke as scientists. They didn't speak as as polished comms people do, whose job really isn't to give you the truth. It's just to make the government look good. This was a, a welcome alternative to have the science table speaking frankly. But on the other hand, they didn't speak as frankly as they should have. And there were a lot of things that they hushed up because they did not feel that they wanted to put the government in a tough spot. And and one member of the science table, uh, Dr. David Fisman, fantastic epidemiologist, he resigned in protest at that. So I guess my, my bottom line on this is the science table was the best that we could muster, and it still wasn't very good. But now it's gone, so we're worse off. Amir, in their detailed plan, as they um, say goodbye, exit stage left, they're talking about this plan to improve primary care because that is the critical entry point. Would you agree? It sure is. I mean, primary care is a fancy word for your family doctor. And, (laughs) you know, a lot of Ontarians don't have a family doctor. At the start of the pandemic, it was nearly two million Ontarians who didn't have a family doctor. We think that's going to hit three million by 2025. So we're in a crisis, obviously. And 
what the science table left Doug Ford as their parting gift actually was not a report about this pandemic. It was a report about how broken primary care is. And boy, did they ever stick it to the government. They, they wrote that the province faces a, quote, threat to routine health system functioning. That's pretty clear. And they also went on to add that, quote, there is no governance model, accountability framework, or overarching system to give support. That's how bad it is. We're going to see healthcare in Ontario get an awful lot worse in the next few years compared to what it is already, which isn't very good. I think we're all prepared for it mentally. I mean, it's unnerving. And then people are kind of in denial. They've got to go on. Mere people are, you know, switching back and forth between worry. It was a shock after the pandemic when we saw the rubble of our healthcare system. And every day I think about it. You know, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, and why not, and why not, what if? Uh, Amir, is this message getting through? I mean, you've got, we've got your medical opinion, we've got the science table, you're talking about the political, and then you're talking about everybody else. What's happened here? What have they left behind with the psyche of patients out there? Look, I, I mean, as an Ontarian, I think you should be afraid. I really do. Um, The ship is taking on water very quickly. As I said, at the beginning of the pandemic, nearly 2 million of us without a family doctor, and that number is on its way to 3 million in a couple of years. That's bad. Already we're seeing the consequences. When people don't have family doctors, they end up getting sicker and sicker, and at some point they land in the emergency room. Well, look at the emergency room waits right now. It's so bad in Ottawa that the Children's Hospital basically sent out a warning to all Ottawans, bring books, bring toys, because you're going to be sitting here for 12 hours or longer if your kid has an emergency. And that in turn means Mm -hmm. that because the emergency department is so flooded and they need to send patients upstairs to the regular hospital, that the regular hospital, those beds, are overflowing. So surgeries are getting canceled. The Children's Hospital in Ottawa, again, says that they're probably going to have about 15,000 extra cases and backlog this year, just because the emergency department can't keep up. It's dominoes, Arlene. When family medicine fails, then the pressure builds on emergency departments, and they fail, and then the pressure builds on the regular hospital wards, and they fail, and then the surgery you need, that fails. The dominoes are falling, and this is going to get an awful lot worse, it seems, based on the direction the present government's going. All right, Amir, almost out of time. I'm going to squeeze this in. I only have about a minute, and I'll throw that out there. What about testing? That's something that's been twisting and turning inside of me and others, and I I try to push it out. i got to live my life. But we don't test, we don't know. And it's not just in Ontario, it's all across the country. It sure is, but in Ontario it's worse. You know, I'm actually speaking to you today from California. If I want a COVID test, it's a five-minute drive away. Anyone can get it, no questions asked, and it's free. That's California. In Ontario, we've turned down the testing so far that it's pretty much certain nine out of ten cases are being missed. 
that people just can't test for them unless they have some tests sitting in their fridge at home. So we're not actually even counting the true scale of this problem anymore. The province has given up on doing that. We are flying blind with a broken system. And that's what the science table warned about, that we're going to see failure across this system, the likes of which you haven't even seen yet. Amir Adaran, professor of law and medicine at the University of Ottawa, joining us from sunny California. Amir, thank you for being here. I think, I'm not so sure, but thank you for your bluntness. Thanks, Arlene. Have a good evening. All right. I will try. I'll try. Pretty tough to hear that, isn't it? Can we hear it? I mean, everybody has their way of saying, no, no, I've got this thing all figured out. And there it is. And as he goes through the science table, we just see how they want to leave that footprint. I'm Arlene Bonner. This is On Point.